The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. pleasure of interviewing former U.S. Senator Carol Mosley Braun for my last magazine issue that released last summer and I was ecstatic. Now for those of you all who don't know, um, Miss Braun was the first black woman to be elected to the U.S. Congress and she served from Illinois. She was also an ambassador um, for Australia, and she's been in the politic game for a very, very long time. She even tried to run for mayor of Chicago, and she didn't win, which is unfortunate because now people had to deal with Rom, and he's just a whole big disaster. But I was able to interview one of my heroes, and I wanted you all to check it out. I'm going. I'm not going to take too much of your time because I know you are a very busy woman, but I am. I'm, I want to ask you so many questions. And the first question I want to ask you, just, you know, how are you feeling? I'm feeling great. I mean, there is life after elected office, and uh, I'm doing fine. <laughs> I was actually surprised to see that you have your own organic food company. I do. I do. And one of the calls I just took, in fact, was from the woman who actually, she's helping me run the company because I'm actually doing day-to-day management and operations at the company. And, um, uh, yeah, we're still here after almost 10 years, so it's been a while. What what made you get into um, starting an organic food company? Well, I've long been interested in clean food. I've long been interested in that whole subject area. From my days in the state legislature to uh, my Senate service to my ambassadorship in New Zealand, which, of course, you know, they say has more sheep than people. And so, uh, <laughs> uh, so agriculture has always been, has long been an interest. And I became concerned that one of the reasons we have so many health problems um, in our community is because people don't get healthy food. They get, they get, they get food that's filled with pesticides and pollutants. And I wanted to go into the clean food arena. And originally, my thought was to actually farm and grow products myself. Um, that plan, that thought got interrupted. I wasn't able to do that. Uh, 9-11 happened. And I was staying in the South at that point, And I decided I had to come back home to Chicago. So I came on back home. And instead of growing organic food, um, I started selling. And so that's what I do. Are you going to, uh, in the future, will you try to have any gardening garden, gardens in Chicago as far as, like, teaching people or helping people learn how to grow their own food and vegetables? Well, that's another. There's some people doing that, and that's another whole undertaking and that I can't really do and run a company as well. They'd like different orbits. And so, you know, you can't really... You can't try to do everything, but you can do your part. And that's kind of always been my philosophy. And I'm trying to do my part with uh, this little company. I love the packaging and everything is certified by the USDA. Right. 
Well, what the USDA, they subcontract with the company, so with other companies, with certifiers. And so everything is certified. Uh, it's certified 19 ways from Sunday. Um, um, the product is certified as organic. It's also certified as uh, some of it is what's called biodynamic organic, which is the highest level of organic you can find. And when I say some of it, I can't always get uh, source biodynamic products. But when I can, uh, that's what we do. Okay. That sounds amazing. Are there any pro- any new future products you're going to roll out it's besides the ones that you already well, have on your site? That was part of the conversation this morning because we're looking at, we're looking at new oil. I'm looking at an argan oil, uh, organic argan oil. I'm looking at possibly the possibility of, a, of organic uh, bottled drinks, you know, ready to you know, just ready to drink things. And so I'm not sure, but we're looking at it. Okay. I was reading an article that you were featured in on Washington Post, I believe. And it was about, it was a couple years ago. And the first paragraph, I remember saying that you kind of got tired of politics. It was too much for you and you decided to resign. And the climate that we are in now do you regret that decision, or do you ever get the urge to get back to be to be political active again? Okay, you say I got tired of what now? I'm sorry, what was the article? I, I don't think I saw that. But okay, um, then I got was, tired of what now? Um, in the Washington Post, um, a couple mm-hmm. years ago, um, the I remember the first paragraph saying that politi- politics became too much for you, and you decided to resign. And I'm asking, due to the climate that we are in now with the new president, do you sometimes have the urge to get back active in in Chicago? Well, you know what? I actually have had my run in politics. Uh, uh, Again, as we started this conversation, there really is life after. And, you know, we can't do everything. We can do some things. And I'm happy doing what I'm doing. And uh, uh, so the idea of getting back into the fray has never really occurred to me in any serious way. So, no, it's a short answer. Okay. Um, in the early 90s, I remember when you was running, I was a little girl, and I remember you had an event at Kennedy King College, I believe, and you had another uh-huh. celebration. Um, I forgot the name of the hotel. I want to say... Um, it was downtown Chicago. I just remember my father took off work that day and it was very important for, for him, for him to let me see, you know, you become the first black woman in the U S Senate. Knowing that we have all these social, (laughs) knowing that we have all, I said, I hope he's still with us. So tell if he is, please give him my best and thanks. Well, thank you. He's not, but he was very um, adamant about, you know, being um, politically active in your community with the black clubs, with, the, you know, meeting aldermen. That was very um, important to him. Now that we have all well, these social media hashtags like Black Girl Magic, do you keep up with those? Are you aware of those? I know of some of them. I don't really keep up because I'm not doing social media. That's your generation. That's the step that I can't. You know, I don't tweet and I don't do any of that stuff. Um, um, but I keep up with it. I've got a son who's probably your age or thereabouts, and he keeps me 
plugged in in terms of what is trending on social media and what's being said and whatnot. I've long ago decided that I almost didn't want to know because it makes me crazy. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the short answer is not really. So, <laughs> what advice do you have to younger people like myself that want to be active in their community and want to make a change politically? Well, the most important thing you can do is be engaged. And, and that's the way people sit back and say, why is it so messed up? It's messed up because you're not doing what you can do. And, 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 and that's the reality. If you get engaged and involved and try to do the best you can do for others, uh, that is the key. I mean, there's even a commercial that has that as a, as a tagline. The answer really is you. And the answer is you're doing what you can do and what your joy tells you to do. Because not everybody's going to do the same thing. Some people are going to get involved in, politi- in politics as activists. Other people will get involved as candidates. Other people will get involved writing checks. They're going to invent ways to be engaged. But so long as you engage, because the, imp- the inclination for too many people is just to sit it out. And not to, not to bother. And that, you know, this is too hard. This is too awful. And why would I do this to myself anyway? I can go out here and be involved with, with fashion or something. I mean, I, I didn't mean to put fashion down, but you know what I'm saying? I can go and do what I want to do, uh, that's fun for me and it's easy. Well, serving others is never easy. And, uh, and, but it's the key to a better world is doing the best you can do to make life better for everybody. And not just yourself. And so, uh, uh, I would encourage young people, again, don't despair. Don't fold in on yourself because stuff doesn't look right. Uh, these things are everlasting. They're not new. And, you know, we, we may have a particular idiot in place right now, but the fact of the matter is this is not like this is the first time. The framers of the Constitution expected as much. And so, um, uh, we just have to make sure that we do what we can do to keep our republic alive, to make sure that people, um, that government operates based on the consent of the people, that, that, and the way you do that, again, is by being engaged. You can't, you can't affect change or you can't affect the process if you're sitting on the sidelines just complaining. I agree. What advice do you have for activists, especially that associate themselves with Black Lives Matter? Um, well, A, that they are following in some noble footsteps, that they are, they are, they have picked up the flag of the civil rights movement, and it's a good thing. Uh, it's different than what my generation did. Um, um, but, you know, that's because it's, you know, it's changed times. They've got different challenges. And so, again, I just want to encourage people to do for others and to try to live up to the highest ideals that they can, that they can, the highest values for themselves. And if they do that, uh, it doesn't matter if you call it Fred, frankly. Um, uh, you know, it'll be, it'll come out right. And so that's my, I want to encourage young people who are engaged and tell them how grateful we are that we, meaning people of my age, my, my civil rights, uh, um, um, community, um, you know, we, have to be uh, supportive and grateful of young people who are out here still trying to make a difference. And um, and I just think, frankly, that 
that uh, that uh, uh, the fact that it's controversial, I find unfortunate because, frankly, you know, nothing stays the same. Things do change and uh, people change. And if you've got an issue or a problem and you want to step up and try to make it better uh, and fix it, then you should be supported and, and encouraged and congratulated for that effort. Why do you think people have this perception of Chicago, even people who've never lived in Chicago or visit Chicago, why do you think it's always the first um, association with violence and corruption? Because, you know, that it's not untrue. It's not, a, it's not an untrue perception. The fact that violence is here. And we've got these young people killing each other. It's like genocide, really. Uh, when I say young people killing each other, they're all black and brown, but the thing that ties them together is mostly they're poor. And so until we do something to fix poverty, we're going to continue to have the violence. It's just that simple. And, and, and that we haven't fixed it by now, for me, is the sadness of the whole thing. Because it's not like this is new news to anybody. You know, uh, uh, this, these problems, these issues have been with us for a long time. And, and frankly, the corruption is not just politicians taking, you know, taking money under the table or whatever. You know, that's what, that, that's the easy story for the media to tell. It's easy for them to put somebody's body on the front page and say, you know, Joe Blow was shot last week, last week, uh, uh, in front of his home. I mean, that's easy for them to do. But the reality is that the, that the harder issue is why was Joe Blow shot? What happened here? Was it not just it? What? And oh, and that's the other thing. They, the other easy answer is they want to make it all about guns. It's not. There's lots of people who have guns that go around don't that don't go around shooting people. You know. So I just think it just requires some honesty in the conversation, and that we should not allow people to get away with basically the easy short answers that uh, a lot of them want to do, because that frankly, not only leads to no good result, but winds up frustrating and discouraging people who might otherwise get engaged. You from, you're from Chicago. Yes. The city is, the, the city is no, it's scary. The, the violence is awful. But, uh, again, it's not like, it's not like people aren't trying, aren't mindful of it, but nobody feels capable of fixing it. Because the problem is a, is a big and complicated one. It doesn't lend itself to an easy fix. And, 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 but most things that matter are big and complicated. And so I think a lot of this antipathy to government is a problem. I mean, the government is the problem is what is one of the reasons we're in this pickle that we're in now. I mean, part of the whole, when you talk about corruption, part of the fact that that's all the media knows how to do is focus in on corruption is one of the reasons that so many people have tuned out on politics and, and on being involved with gate and with government. We ought to be encouraging people to get involved with this because government is about you and your life. It's not about, you know, somebody else. It's about your community. And if you care about your community and if you care about the people who, who whose lives are impacted by governmental decisions, which is everybody, then you then you've got to get involved. What advice, because 
basically you qualify to be the original black girl magic. What advice do you, <laughs> you really do. You really do. So what advice do you have for other black women who are vocal on their social media, who are organizing, who are trying to change their community? What advice do you have specifically for them? My advice is don't give up. Don't get discouraged. You know, if you're doing the right thing, then it will come right if you just don't give up. And so just to keep, to keep and to stay encouraged is the most important thing because it's all about your mindset. You know, it all starts there. It starts with how you see the world and whether you think you have, you are powerful enough to make a difference. The short answer is that you, is that you are. You are powerful enough to make a difference and you just can't give up. Because when you give up, then the, then the forces of evil win. And so, um, uh, uh, that would be my advice to, to the to young women who are looking at being involved, is, is to get involved, stay involved, and do the best that you can do where you're planted. Whatever it is you like to do, nobody can tell you what, what issues you should take up, or what areas, or how you should do it. You know, nobody else... You know, you, you follow your joy, follow your heart. You know, you'll know, you'll know if it's right for you and just do that, which is right for you to make things better for others. And if you do that, you'll be fine. That's great. I want to jump back over to organic food. Now that the uh -huh. EPA is going to be eliminated, I guess, for a better sense of the word, how should people... Uh -huh look at food going forward what are things you you would recommend to avoid in products and whether it's ingredients products how do you enforce and help people to be aware of clean eating well the the round it's green and white that little seal from the department of agriculture that says it's organic is really your guarantee that they have actually gone and inspected the source of the product the, what's happened to it in terms of its processing, uh, because it is truly regulated and highly regulated. Uh, uh, I said to somebody once, I said, you know, I'm an organic, that's the most regulated part of the food industry. Um, uh, and those regulations are not going away. That means that you have some, some source, some guarantee, if it's got the little round, green and white, uh, or USDA certified organic sticker, then you have some, some guarantee that there's no pesticides on the product, there's no pollutants on the product, uh, whatever it is, whether it's coffee, tea, uh, 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 vegetables or whatever, uh, then you know that it's pesticide free at least and, uh, and that other pollutants are not on the product either. Besides online, what, where other stores carry your products? Well, here in Chicago, we're in the Jewel stores, we're in the Mariano stores, we're in, um, uh, we will soon be in Fresh Fields, um, we are, uh, and you know about online, we know, you know we're on Amazon, and I think you know we're on Amazon, uh, so, um, so yeah, you know, it's easy to get, it's not as easy to get nationally, except as, I, as I'd like, except on Amazon, which of course everybody has, mm -hmm. uh, you can buy anything on Amazon. Uh, they don't carry our organic olive oil, by the way. Why but is that? They do carry the, I'm, you know, I'm not sure. At the time, it was they didn't want to deal with bottles. But the fact is, there's lots of things on Amazon that are in bottles. So I'm not quite sure what was up with that. So, but the fact is that uh, 
that the food industry is a very complicated, complex industry uh, that I, you know, it's like the, it's a new frontier for me, uh, taking on a different set of challenges than I than I did when I was in government. So, uh, but I'm 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 blessed. I feel that uh, that uh, you know this is where I'm supposed to be. I feel comfortable here, and I can feel comfortable doing this. So that's your other question about politics. Does that mean I'll ever go to po- go back into politics? I mean, unless somebody comes with a, you know, with a proposition that I can't refuse. <laughs> what's some, what is something you can't refuse? What, 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 what if I can ask that question? Oh, that's not a question that can be answered, right? <laughs> you know, you gotta, <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't answer that. That required me to speculate far too much, but, uh, but yeah, so, you know. Who are some of the women or and men that you look that you have seen or heard that have been uh uh praised for their efforts that you really admire? Um, you mean currently? Yes. Uh, I gotta tell you something. Currently there are a bunch of young people, uh not just young people, they're they're people still. I I came up at a time when folks like Julian Bond were Julian Bond was a hero of mine. And, uh, um, uh, I, I don't know if you knew Dorothy Height. Um, uh, uh, I thought about her the other day. Dorothy Height, who's now gone on to glory. She, she was a role model. Um, so was Arnita Boswell. You may not know that name, but Arnita was the sister of Whitney Young. And I know you know Whitney Young from the high school, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, she was Whitney Young's sister. And she took me under wing as a young, as a young, uh, activist. So there were a number of people. None of us get where we want to go by ourselves. It really does require somebody reaching out to help you. And uh, and frankly, I'm very grateful to those people that went before and uh, you know provided me with the role role modeling, if you will. That uh, again, I didn't know that was what what was happening at the time, but it was, and it made a difference. What do you want people to remember you by? What are some of the things that you want people to know about you that they may not know about you or you will want them to know about you? Well, I think that, um, um, hmm, that's a hard question because I'm basically a very private person. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but I think, I think, you know, if they just, if they just say that I did, I worked hard to do the best job I could do, I'll be happy with that. Okay. Are you a tea person or a coffee person? Both. Okay. I do coffee in the morning and tea in the afternoon. That's. I'm looking at the um, different flavors that you have. What's what is your favorite flavor of teas that you have? Well, it depends on the day. I got to tell you, one of the most popular is the hibiscus, and that's a different kind of taste. But yesterday, when I came home from work, I made myself in in, in New Zealand. They call it a cuppa. Right, C U P P A. People, you go in somebody's house and have a cup of, right? We need to have a cup of something. Uh, so yesterday, when I came in from work, I had a cup of of, um, of the Earl Grey, which is basically your black tea. So, and yeah, that's a, they all have different qualities. Sometimes, like when I've got a cold, I'll have the mint tea, um, which doesn't have any caffeine and really helps to open up your chest or whatever. So it just depends. I like them all. My last question to you, um, being that you lived in Aust- Aust- you lived in New Zealand for a while, 
how mm-hmm. how was your experience being African American living overseas, and how are how are you perceived as being black abroad? Well, I got to tell you something. When you're abroad, the first thing that they notice is that you're a woman. Let's start with that. Okay. Um, uh, race, as we know it, is really confined. You know, it's not confined, but it operates here in the United States more than it does in other parts of the world. Uh, it, that's the, the racism, frankly, is something that um, uh, being somewhere else, living abroad, uh, happily, you get a sense that it's not as important as you might have thought it was. Okay, so let's start with that. Being female, however, is universal. And that's, that's the, that's the issue, frankly, that, um, that I was most compelled by, uh, the fact that the whole, the gender issue is a universal one. Race is specific to where you are. Gender, however, is universal. And, uh, and in New Zealand specifically, because the native people, uh, are a brown people, if you will, they, the Maori people, uh, are kind of, I know Maoris who look like people I'm from New Orleans, okay? So let's start that. Okay. <laughs> like black people from New Orleans. So, so, um, uh, uh, because they have a tradition of brown skinned people there, um, and because they celebrate, they celebrate their Native Americans, uh, their Native New Zealanders, the Maori, they celebrate that culture more than we celebrate the culture for Native Americans here in the United States. And so, um, uh, and because of that, uh, the issue for me was I was the United States ambassador. I was a representative of the strongest, biggest country in the world, most powerful country in the world. And so, really, that was my issue, being perceived and dealt with as the ambassador more than the fact that my skin, that I'm brown skin or any of that. Um, um, it was, it was actually, I, I used to say I was ambassador paradise and it's true. It was, it was paradise being there and the people were just so nice, which made it wonderful. The English speaking, you know, so, and even the Maori, I mean, I hired the first Maori that had ever worked in the U.S. Embassy, which was kind of shocking on the one hand. It's like, wait a minute, how are you going to be in this country all these centuries and not have hired any indigenous people? So, uh, but, wow. you know, so I hired the yeah, I, I, I had the first Maori ever in the U.S. Embassy, and um, and and so I I like to think that I took me, you know, I didn't have to change me. I was able to be who I am, and that's the other message for Black girls: is you know, just be who you are. That's what you can contribute. The world does not have enough of you. There's enough folks that you know look like Britney Spears out here. Uh, but you can't be Britney Spears, and don't even try. Just don't even, work, you know, don't even fantasize about this, about that. I'm not putting Britney Spears down. She's who she is. But for black girls, it's particularly important to remember that both your race and your gender can either be a positive or a negative for you, depending on your head, depending on how you see yourself. And if you see yourself in positive and constructive ways, and you're trying to make a difference for good, then uh, then you'll be fine. And so, you know, follow your joy is my answer. This has been so inspirational. You are amazing. Oh, well, thank you, sweetie. I'm so glad. I'm delighted you're doing what you're doing. Listen, the reason reason I answered your call is I said to Kevin, uh, because we we communicated by emails and I said, uh, and text, I I communicated with him. I said, you know, that she had fabulized in here, uh, Lisa Simpson quoted, I said it was enough to make me want to talk to her. So, oh my god! 
I thought that would get your attention. <laughs> oh, so is it safe to say that you are a bit of a, on a nerd side? Is that okay to say? Oh yes, absolutely. I got on my computer. I've got a, I've got a little sticker that says nerdette, right? <laughs> I'm officially a nerdette. <laughs> so can we, so can we officially call you a blur, which is what we call now a black nerd, which is like, you know. Oh, absolutely. Okay, because it's I'm like happy to be a blur. Oh, that's so cool <laughs> because Fabulize is, you know, it we I, we cover culture and style, but it's from the viewpoint of a blurred womanist, which is a black nerd womanist that is very culturally aware of herself and her surroundings and everything around her. So this is why I say you're my superhero because you are a nerd too. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. No, and keep it up. Keep up good work. I mean, that's, that was why I responded to you because I thought, oh, this, you know, she gets it. This is wonderful. <laughs> thank you so much. of dope women have you seen netflix carmen san diego now if you are grew up in the 90s like i did you was really into carmen san diego um game show that came on but you know we never really knew the backstory of carmen san diego so netflix has given us nine episodes of animated fun of carmen san diego where we actually get to know who carmen san diego really is Carmen San Diego, who grew up unfortunate because she had no parents and was found in Argentina by a school of villains. Now, being raised in a school of villains, she was able to be a master and learn how to be a master pickpocketer, um, how to scam and scheme without being caught. And unfortunately, a few of the villains didn't like her because they felt that she was uncontrollable and she had no real structure. So she begs and pleads to be allowed to attend the villain classes because she feels she will be the best student out of everybody. And of course, Carmen San Diego proves that she is better and at the top of her class. Because she is the best, this causes strife amongst the top villain teachers who feels that she should not be in the program. So, of course, they want to get her out the program and she feels betrayed by the people she's been around mostly all of her life. Fast forward, Carmen San Diego escapes the school and then she leads a life of stealing from thieves. She meets a, a notorious hacker who is also around her age and she goes on world trips all across the globe to find precious arts and, and, and pieces and historic pieces just to return it back to its rightful owner or to donate it to charitable causes. Now, her former family and villains on Val Island are not happy with her shenanigans so they are sending their best top students to try to take Carmen San Diego down. So you go on a complete adventure all across the world and you know it's a nice nostalgia and historic memory lane. So it's like you feel like you're kind of watching the game show a little bit, but you're not, but you're looking at the backstory and it's really, really cute. 
All the characters are pretty diverse. I mean, the accents are a little funky, but it's it's corny in a good way. And it's nice to see different continents and different countries where they really focus on a lot of brown people. It almost makes you forget the anti-blackness that Gina Rodriguez is being attached with. So, with that being said, I think it's a really cute uh, Netflix uh, series that you should check out on, you know, when you have spare time, it's really cute. You can watch it with the kids, you know, or you can watch it by yourself. It's cheesy, but in a good way. It's very entertaining and it's really, really cute. Um, it's really super to focus on Carmen San Diego, and it kind of makes you remember that damn, she really was a superhero. So, you know, check it out on Netflix. It's there. Nine episodes of all cuteness. And yeah, it's really cool. Mm-hmm.